listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. This is SBS On The Money from the SBS Newsroom for this Wednesday, the 17th of December 2020. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. Uh, later, the Australian share market powering ahead, uh, close to a 10-month high. We'll get more details in a moment. But first to uh, a bit of a surprise when it comes to the unemployment rate. Australia's unemployment rate for November fell 0.2% to 6.8% in November. 90,000 jobs created. That's double expectations, most of them full-time. And it comes as Victoria emerged from lockdown and borders reopened. And that headline rate, came as more people entered the workforce or were actively looking for work, with the participation rate now back above pre-pandemic levels. The economy is tracking so well that AMP Capital says we're past peak unemployment. So for more on that, Sarah Dowling spoke earlier with AMP Capital senior economist Diana Messina. I think all the components of the jobs data today show that November was really about the economic reopening in Melbourne, high mobility. Of course, we got some of that in October as well. The jobs, the job gains in October, a lot of them were based in Victoria. I think from all of those kind of essential industries like construction, which started to bring people back. So the jobs recovery in Australia has been extremely fast, much faster than what I was anticipating. And about 84% of the jobs that were lost due to COVID have now been regained. Yeah, and more people are looking for work. The participation rate has increased to back above pre-pandemic levels. So what does that mean for the real unemployment rate? Is it still much higher than the official unemployment rate? So on our measure of the effective unemployment rate, which is exactly what you said, the number of people who are working zero hours, which is now pretty much back to the levels in March, and along with um, people who have left the labour force, uh, the effective unemployment rate is at 6.7% and the headlines at 68 so the two have completely converged, which is another sign that the labour market recovery is very much strong and alive in Australia, I guess. The issue now is looking ahead, how do you get the next 10 to 15% of those jobs regained? I mean, there's still a lot of people who are on JobSeeker and JobKeeper. Um, so there's still 1.7 million people who are on JobKeeper. Uh, and the big question mark is how many of those jobs are just being supported because the government is paying for them or, you know, or partly paying for them? And when that policy expires, will some of those jobs be lost? that that's still a big uncertainty it's really hard to get a gauge on that so given there is that risk do you think unemployment has peaked or it could potentially peak say around march or april when stimulus is wound back well the unemployment rate uh so far has peaked at seven and a half percent in july i think it will be difficult for it to get back to seven and a half percent even after JobKeeper expires just based on how strong the recovery has been we think that the unemployment rate will probably track between 65 and 7% over the next few months and probably remain at that level after JobKeeper uh, winds up in March, at, at the end of March. So I don't think that we'll necessarily see a big decline in the unemployment rate from here, but it's difficult to see it getting above 7.5%. So the peak in the unemployment rate for Australia during COVID was 7.5%, which I think is really an amazing outcome. The jobs that are returning, are they full-time? Well, the numbers in November were definitely skewed towards full-time jobs. There was only a very small increase in part-time jobs. The majority of the jobs that have 
been regained or the largest share of them have been part-time overall. So there is still a need to bring back some of those full-time jobs. But overall, uh, both full-time and part-time jobs have recovered strongly. It's just that part-time has recovered more strongly than the, than the full-time component. Diana Messina there speaking with Sarah Dowling. The Australian share market liked that news. Uh, the S&P ASX 200 up by 1.2% to 6,756. That is its highest since February, 25th, um, February the 25th. And the All Lords also hit a milestone, breaching 7,000 points to close at 7,000.1. It also comes as the government's mid-year economic and fiscal outlook showed the unemployment rate should fall below 6% a year earlier than forecast in its budget. The banks did well, ANZ Best up 1.3%. Rio Tinto added one8 it has appointed Jacob Stallsholm to the top job after pay continued to rise to another record level, up 5%. And other notable movers included Nine Entertainment, increasing 3.4%, Transurban up 1.2%, but travel stocks fell today. With more on the market action, Sarah Dowling spoke earlier with James Whelan from VFS Group. Market reaction to the doubling of new jobs uh, created was absolutely sensational. It's uh, not only not only off the tailwind of being such a, a great night in the US with such amazing support from the Fed, uh, we're also seeing that the economy is back on track and, uh, and Australian stocks are really responding to it. There seems to be a lot of optimism in the market at the moment. There's talks of a potential US stimulus package being announced shortly. There's also vaccine news. So what's the outlook for markets? Can it continue? The, the, there's a big conversation going in the market now about how much exactly is priced in. We've known that a vaccine is, is coming along, and so now it's here, but the market has continued to go. We know that stimulus is coming along. Now that it's all, it looks like it might almost be here. So then what's priced in? Exactly how much is taken into it? Now, take all that aside. Keep in mind that no matter what happens with regards to the stimulus, if, if there's a certain sort of stimulus that's going to favour certain sort of stocks, direct checks to people will favour something like Amazon in the States. Something that's a bit more broad-based will obviously help a different type of stock. The Fed overnight is where the real interest was. They have continued to support the market and continued to restate that they will not be raising interest rates no matter what until 2023. That is extraordinarily bullish for markets, and that's where the real play is. Turning to iron ore, it's really been strong despite these trade tensions providing a bit of a budget boost through my EFO today. Do you think that that can continue? Are there any risks around the trade tensions with China? It really is the big line that's been drawn underneath the sabre rattling on trade at the moment, isn't it? That uh, iron ore is just way too important to us for our budget and it's way too important for China for their own growth. It's also important for the rest of the world that China continues its growth as well. It's the one thing on which that both parties are happy to agree that we just won't talk about it. So uh, with no, no further comment on that at all, it seems like it will be continued to, to, to be freely traded and, uh, and that no one will get in the way of it. So it's the one thing that just can't be touched. And you've sent through a chart looking at company profit expectations, which are at a record high. So do you see any risks around that if, say, companies don't perform as expected? As always, the biggest risk to company profits is that, is that the company doesn't perform. Some sort of a black swan event or even just a, a neutralisation in economic growth means that company profits then get hit. However, as we've always seen, that if there is some situation that then uh, that impacts the economy, then the Fed, the government and various uh, stimulus measures are always there to back up the, uh, the, the market. As cynical as it's been, it's been the backbone of the growth for 2020 and uh, I see no reason for that to be stopping in 2021. That being said, I actually don't think that it will be the case. Company profits will be amazing as the regrowth 
trade continues and we start to see inflation really take off in 2021, that'll be the biggest concern going into late stage 21 is the inflation growth. James on there speaking with Sarah Dowling. That is SBS on the money for this Wednesday, the 17th of December 2020. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Ricardo. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.